Hi there, I'm Mike Pereira, and he's Michael Clark, and together we're the hosts of Mid-Credit Scene, a podcast about movies. And this is a Mid-Credit Minute, a kind of bonus mini-episode where we talk about big important things, like snacks, double features, and more. On this episode, John Tut from Princess Cinemas talks to us about hosting live events in the movie theater. Enjoy! And you've done like live, like a bunch of live events that aren't film related too, right? I mean, the Rios were just here. Yeah, again. yeah, that, um, and that's that's really an interesting thing. Uh, when we first opened the Princess, that was sort of you know kind of what we wanted to do as well. And all the all the live concerts, yeah, Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers, um, re- tons of rheostatic shows yeah, we've done yeah. there, and uh, lots of folk, lots of folk. You know, Garnet Rogers, Farron, David Francie. Am I wrong in thinking Freddie, you had Steve Earl or something at one point? Oh, Steve Earl, no, I think he was start, more of a starlight. He was yeah, more of a starlight. There was somebody Freddie or somebody Smith. in that vein. Oh, maybe that's what Maybe Freddie Goldsmith. Yeah, yeah, he played, yeah. That was close. Yeah. Not Well, close. we had a sold out, well, yeah, kind of, kind of. But uh, we, had, we had a sold out event for uh, Willie P. Bennett, big, big yeah. Canadian folk singer from the 70s. And he, he, passed away two weeks before his show he sold it was it was sold out show oh i remember and this i remember laying in bed listening to cbc radio and saying oh unfortunate incident happened today you know and Willie p died heart attack and um back in 2005 i think that was 2008 2005 and um so we scrambled together all sorts of artists stephen fearing sneezy waters um all the members of the dixie flyers and all these canadian folk icons um Ian Tamblin was there, Scott B was there. Uh two so two, three sets of six musicians on stage were three sets of music because we had this sold out show right. of Willie P fans and they all came together um to play Willie songs and it was all recorded actually Steve Mann's brother is a is a recording guru and he he mounts these microphones on his ears right and wears a baseball and he recorded the whole show just as a side side story. In the oh, that's cool. And because uh, he's a bit of a cyberman too, but he's in the, in the recording. In the recording, yeah, yeah. And uh, but anyways, that was really a momentous part of our history too. To host those that, that night, that tribute night to Willie yeah. P. Bennett. I mean, that was that was a really great. great yeah, that live, incredible. Live, yeah, great live music event. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a few live events. I even actually played in one. Uh, uh, at one point, my cousin did an album release at the Princess in the middle of the day. Sean McCammon. Oh, uh, right, yeah. We wrote a whole oh, album of songs about making maple syrup. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I, I play bass in the band. So oh, great. I was like, this is was, was like, a drink come true. I get to play at the Princess. Well, it's all, I always thought it was cool seeing uh, bands, like whether it's you know, Simple Minds or Talking Heads. At I think there was a theater on Danforth. And you'd they, they would present movies. Danforth Music Hall. Danforth Music Hall, maybe. Yeah. But but I thought at one time they were still presenting movies, but they'd also do uh, do concerts. Yeah, that would sound right because it right. started as a movie theater and then transitions to yeah. more of a concert venue. Yeah. So so as a, it's just it makes it it's a good blend I think doing the odd live show while you're programming movies at the same time. Yeah. No, I I thought it was great and I love I you know I, for people who don't might be listening and don't know the princess like. I uh, I think it's cool that there's it, it really does have a variety of things that happen. It's been way more than that. Oh, authors, authors, uh, uh, talks. Um, Edward Bertinsky 
was here once to to uh, present. I think it was main manufactured landscapes, maybe. And yeah. he had this huge coffee table book that he had just produced, uh, and he was here with Jennifer Bachewall, and 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 they were presenting it, and just that was a really you know I think rare rare properties in Cambridge were was involved. Big partnerships. I mean, the whole thing about this running these things is, is partnerships and bringing you know community. It's 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 like a, it's like a you, you know what it's like, Michael, running festival programming festival. Yeah. And uh, you know you bring all sorts of groups together when you do that. Running an art house is like doing that 365 days a year. Right. <laughs> okay. So so take what that yeah. Take what that's I'm, like. I'm stressed one uh, for one week, and you're stressed all well, the time. Well, <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a good kind kind of stress because because yeah. most people that are wanting to get involved are kind of you know excited and happy about it. That's right. Um, and the outcome hopefully will be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I love that. Like I love the partnership of it. You know, like. I've said this many times before on this, but like part of the reason we wanted to start a podcast was community building, right? Like, so well, we didn't know each other before we started this. This oh, is how we met yeah, was, cool. <laughs> uh, through this. And so we were like, oh, this is the opportunity to talk to people in the community and ideally some that we don't know or one of us doesn't know. Yeah, building, what, what, right? the, the last live show that we did just before the COVID shut us down was uh, Farron, okay? Mm -hmm. An icon of feminist lesbian 70s culture she was almost she was compared to bob dylan in the, when some of her records came out in the in the 70s and we play her regularly program her regularly all the time she sold out the playhouse she sold out the princess original march early march 2020 and i always remember after the show at the playhouse we, we all went out for dinner afterwards and, and farron's sitting across the table from us she had her phone there and, and she was watching a video of uh, bonnie henry the public health officer and Vancouver. Yeah. Oh yeah. BC. Yeah. And and Farron says, oh, oh look, this doctor's in tears. And we were all stopped at the table. And went, What's going on? Right. And and that was the moment that we we knew that we were kind of going over a cliff. Yeah. And something was happening. And that was that was one of our most memorable live shows. Right. Was, you know, was was the Farron concert at right. the original and then at the Playhouse. Wow. So before we you know before everything went. South. And then coming back, like you said, Michael, one of the, the Reostatics was one of the, you know, we're back. And, and they were back and they sold out Playhouse, sold out Princess. Oh, just so sweet, you know. To that feels like a, it's got a bit of a homecoming feel to it. I mean, I love the Reos. I've seen them so many times. Yeah. I missed getting tickets to that event, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've seen the Reos probably more than any other band. Wow. And uh, so for me, when they were playing here, I was like, that feels right. Like, yeah. it, you know, like, it's like, like when they reopened Massey Hall and the first show was Gordon Lightfoot. And you're like, that feels right. It was <laughs> like great. the Rios playing the princess was like, yeah, they, that they, feels right. They, they appeared when uh, the movie Whale Music came out. Oh. And so Tony Corrington was there and the real I don't think the Rios played, but they they were there on stage because they did the soundtrack to, to that. And then the, the movie was written, I think it was written by Tony Corrington. Paul Quarantine, sorry. Paul Paul, yeah. Paul uh, he wrote the novel. I don't know if he did the screenplay, but I think. Oh, he might have. Yeah, you're right. Um, based on his work, yeah, yeah. and uh, that was one of the first I think, introductions to having them there. And then, then they'd come back and they'd play. Uh, there's a famous Canadian film called Face Off about the where the Toronto Maple Leafs are really portrayed in the film. It's a drama, but in the background, it's it, there, there's George Armstrong, there's Dave Keon, and these are in their prime, right? Yeah, and so there's all these scenes within the movie. And so Dave Bedini, the real static, says, okay, well, let's just do a triple bill. And I think we played the sweater. 
Rock Carriers, mm -hmm. the sweater, and then we played Face Off, and then Real Statics played. Nice. That was a like in cinema experience, and so blending blending live concerts with the cinema experience because they're kind of you know they've done a film soundtrack before. Yeah. That that even made it more. They also wrote a soundtrack to the group of seven paintings, which is still like to me. I'm like, talk about a challenge. The government of Canada comes and says, "We'd like you to make a soundtrack about paintings," and you gotta be sitting there going, "What?" Yeah, wow, what a creative process. Don't miss our full interview with John Tut of the Princess Cinemas about Waterloo's cinematic history and our legendary local movie theater on Midtown Radio or anywhere you get your podcasts. The show can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Mid Credit Scene. See you at the movies.